So, the memories last a lifetime for many sporting events, but particularly whenever Heritage and EC Glass battle on the hardwood and someone who projected that it would be that way and it delivered, as you could expect, was Ben Cates of NewsAdvance.com, who joins us now once again in the fast lane, and he's got a great column up as well on that game at NewsAdvance.com. Ben, a pleasure to speak with you. It is always great when we can connect with you and we appreciate your time heritage and ec glass a little bit more defensive than in prior years but ultimately it did live up to uh the billing as you might have expected and you certainly did yeah absolutely thank you ed it's good to be with you it was a super fun game you know um i i i think um i've uh, over the past maybe dozen years i've only missed one or two heritage glass games and that was because i was sick um, and so I've gotten a really good feel for, for the rivalry, and it really never disappoints. I mean, you know, there have been times where there have been, you know, blowouts here or there, and um, one team has really asserted its dominance in the, against the other. But this, for the most part, this rivalry really lives up to its billing, and it, it did again this year. You know, it's, it's, you can go back through through the results and as I have over the years, just to kind of refresh my memory. And um, there are so many games decided by one, two, three points. And, and this one decided by two, it, w- it was no different. It was, it was a really, really fun game. The atmosphere for something like this, how much different is it when you talk about condensed gymnasium, fans packing it out, and you really feel that level of fervor even more? Yeah, you know, I've I've obviously never never played in that in that rivalry or anything, but just covering it over the years and seeing the guys who have who have been in it, um, everything is amplified and and um, everything's kind of ratcheted up a, another notch or two. I think um, your boy in the studio, Ty Tracy, probably knows quite a bit about those rivalries against Glass, being a Heritage guy himself, um, and you know, it's it's um, it's. It's just something that there, there's a lot of fever around the game, and, and fans really want this one, you know, more more than any other. I think it's it's really good for the city. It's always good, especially when the rivalry is is at glass. And I say that simply because um, you've got a smaller gymnasium, and you've got people from the community who can walk to the to the gym itself, and so it always creates this this really. Um, you know, Cameron, Cameron Crazy's type of atmosphere um, at Glass's gym. Um, but, you know, that being said, uh, there have been some, some really good games at Heritage, too. And, and the next one coming up in February, uh, the last regular season between those two teams, uh, will be at Heritage. Ty, we have to ask you, are you offended by Ben's comments that the games at Glass have a different level of intensity because of the smaller, more compact gymnasium? He's not lying. It's when you play when we play a glass, something different out there. It's like it gets more intense when we play a glass. Well, when I was playing, like it gets more intense. We had to play over there and everything. So Ty said it gets more intense. You mentioned the fan excitement and the noise factor, Ben. Does that feed into in your observations? And if so, how much? How much does it feed into the way the coaches and players play the Heritage Glass game, particularly over at? Well, I guess I got to say the auditorium at EC Glass. Yeah, there's just there's just so much um, um, going on in that in that gym. It's 
it's pretty small and the and the fans are at least the student section is right there on you um and is very vocal um and when you get the acoustics and all that noise going on bouncing off against the walls um it and and things get really tight it's it's very hard to hear your coaches and it's it's very hard to keep your composure um and sometimes that even you know goes for glass as well if if the other team is such as heritage is is really packed the place out um it it just is when you're 15 16 17 years old um it's very hard to keep your composure in that atmosphere um but it is just um wonderful when you're in a place like that because uh just just because that that's what high school basketball should be you know really really tight close spaces um with lots of fans ben kate's eight twitter newsadvance.com the ways to keep up with the work of ben kate's from the lynchburg news in advance who's with us in the fast lane and touching on the big heritage and ec glass rivalry um those two teams play particularly regular season games after that postseason is a little different you're, you're playing with that level of intensity that comes with the postseason how much of a letdown is it and how much of a challenge is it for both the coaches of Heritage and EC Glass to get your team refocused, particularly, let's go in the case of EC Glass, the team that wins the first matchup of the year between those two? Well, I think sometimes it can be uh, it can be difficult just because that game means so much to everybody that's involved in it. You always want to win that game. And then sometimes the ones you have after that um, really don't necessarily mean as much. But this year... Is a little different, you know. Glass went and played at Northside the next day and um, really competed there as well. They couldn't afford any kind of a letdown. Heritage um, and Glass are both really fighting this year for top of the Seminole district, and and Glass that's that's something that um, they weren't used to last year. You know, Glass was just at, at the top, and nobody was going to take Glass down, and so now fighting for that spot along with Heritage. You know, in that in that one, two, three spot, um, it, it's you can't afford a letdown. And so, with big games coming up, you have to stay focused this year. The intensity of that game from Heritage and Glass and its spillover effect to the remainder of the regular season in the Seminole District is a topic that Ben Cates of NewsAdvance.com is discussing with us in the fast lane. Um, the defensive side. I mean, we've seen these matchups where it's more of a high-scoring affair. The defense, I mean, yeah, people will remember the three that Wilson had for Glass that uh, helped them with helped them win that game. But how much of it, your focus really centers on what the defenses showed and how that is often a very tangible thing for the remainder of the year? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think a lot of people by now are really aware of Glass's press defense and how difficult it can be, especially when they're at home. Um, and they just feed off of that energy and feed off of those turnovers. Um, Heritage wants to play in much the same way, um, just just play upbeat and 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 uh, you know play defense and get turnovers and tra- translate those into points. Um, but you know this year was pretty interesting, I think, from the standpoint of you had a lot of younger guys playing in this game and a lot of them playing in it for the first time in, in the rivalry uh, at the varsity level. And so there were a lot of nerves, um, and there were a lot of um, turnovers and, and some very costly ones and um, some good defense on both sides. And, and then, you know, at, I think at the high school level, you know, you, you, there, there are so many 
missed opportunities sometimes when you talk about younger guys playing the game um, that, you know, when you do have the offense that kind of comes alive for, as it did for both teams um, last Friday night, um, the offense, it, it just makes the offense seem that much, that much more um, meaningful, I guess. And so when Zach Wilson for glass hits a corner three with, you know, 66 seconds left, um, to give Glass one of its only leads, leads of the night, um, that's the offense that you were finally looking for. Um, and it, it, uh, it was enough to, you know, Glass was able to uh, kind of get, get away with the win, I guess, um, even though Heritage had a really good look at the buzzer. Ben Cates with us here in the fast lane from newsadvance.com. Uh, we'll touch on other stories in the Seminole District again as the season progresses, but shifting away from that uh, to a couple of stories, one of which is in just the overall element of high school football, and I saw the link up at newsadvance.com, and it's somewhat new, and I don't pretend to have all the details, um, but the, the California Governor Gavin Newsom saying he's not going to sign a proposed ban on tackle football for kids under the age of 12, um, I don't foresee that coming to the Commonwealth of Virginia, or frankly, a lot of schools in our region, or a lot of any, any states within our region, just because of the value of football, including in youth football, but uh, from your impressions... How much have you noticed that overall, partially as well, youth football to a certain degree has gotten safer, at least from my perspective. Have you noticed that as well, whether it's high school or JV or B team or middle school, that the sentiment around the sport is there's more awareness of how to make the game safer. And while it's not 100% safe, it's in a much different spot than it was years ago. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I don't want to be totally dismissive um, over an act such as that, I think that, um, you know, there's a, there's a chance in the future that it could gain traction um, in various places across the country. Um, and if it does, you know, you're, you're looking at, um, a, a, you, could, you could view it from a couple of different ways. One would be that it's making the game even, even more safe for, um, for younger individuals when you talk about developing brains and the danger of concussion at such a young age um, affecting the rest of your life. Um, but the flip side to that from the game itself is that it would really put kids way behind uh, the eight ball as far as develop mentally for, for football itself. And it would really, um, you know, we talk about how, for instance, how COVID affected um, football coaches who wanted to develop young athletes, and um, that was certainly the case. If you were to get in a situation where kids are coming to uh, the high school level and they've very rarely tackled before in their lives, um, from a coach's perspective, man, you've got a lot of work to do. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting topic, I think, from both sides of that. Ben Cates, newsadvance.com, with us here in the Fast Lane. Ben, a couple more as we wrap things up with you today, and we're appreciative, as always, for your time. But uh, the news came down over the weekend. While everyone knows that Caden Salter, the quarterback at Liberty, backed out of the transfer portal and will be back on the mountain. Wide receiver C.J. Daniels, his top target, 1,000-yard receiver, double digits and touchdowns this year. He is off to LSU controversially or not, I tweeted at Fastlane, Edlane, that I, I completely get this decision and frankly think it's probably the smart move for C.J. Daniels. I will elaborate more on that uh, in a moment here in the Fastlane, but from your perspective, if you're Liberty and if you're looking at this from you know as objective of a lens as possible, 
Is this the move that makes more sense? C.J. Daniels leaving Liberty as opposed to Caden Salter? Well, I think if you had to choose between the two, um, <laughs> you're you're ultimately going to choose Salter, right? Um, but, you know, I think Liberty should, should want to hang on to a guy like C.J. Daniels, who has given a lot of his his time to the program and um but at the same time if uh, you well this is a topic i guess that you could talk about forever right as far as like the transfer portal and and guys moving on and uh you know guys want to do what's best for their careers and for their for their families and and now with with uh, more money being in in the scene i mean you have you have to do what's best for yourself and i know a lot of people um you know, talk about the loyalty factor, and and that's certainly true sometimes. But um, but you know, guys are especially with with the option of having the transfer portal are are going to do what what's best for them. And um, I think that's that's just the reality of college athletics right now. Um, but I think you know people should be sad to see somebody like C.J. Daniels go if they're Liberty fans because. Um, he had a heck of a season and um, has always had a lot of athleticism. And this year, really, really shown. Ben Cates, newsadvance.com, with us in the fast lane. Ben, thank you for much of your perspective, as always. We really appreciate it and look forward to discussing more with you over the next couple of weeks. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you, as always. Ben Cates with us here in the fast lane. We got his thoughts on the departure of C.J. Daniels from Liberty to LSU. I've shared some Fast Lane Ed Lane on the socials, and we'll get to yours as well. You've shared some too. That when we return, this is the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.